Amen. Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Common English Bible. Our reading for today comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 23 through 32. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now, his older son was in the field. Coming in from the field, he approached the house and heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what was going on. The servant replied, Your brother has arrived and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he received his son back safe and sound. Then the older son was furious and didn't want to enter in. But his father came out and begged him. He answered his father, Look, I've served you all these years and I've never disobeyed your instruction. Yet you've never given me as much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours returned, after gobbling up your estate on prostitutes, you, slaught, you slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Then his father said, Son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We pick up again with our parable about the two sons. And this week we pick up after the celebration of the younger son returning home from wandering away. And this time we are going to focus on the older of the two sons and the ways that he has underestimated his father's love. Now in today's reading, we pick up at the moment where the father has decided that it is time to celebrate because the younger son has returned from his wayward journey and the older son is out working. It's what he's always doing, where he always is. And as he comes back from the field, he can hear music and dancing. And when he asks the servants what's going on and they explain about how his brother, who had asked for his inheritance and left, has returned. The older brother is not happy about this. He is not overjoyed at his brother's return. And the father wants him to come in, to join in. But the oldest son is upset. He tells his father that he's never disobeyed him. He's always followed his father's lead. But now, this younger son, who did disobey, treated him like he was dead, comes back and suddenly he gets a feast. The father tries to explain that the older brother has always been with him. Everything that the older brother has, the father has. They share in it. But he's tried to instill the necessity to celebrate because the brother has returned. Because he's back home. Because he was lost to them. And now he's back. Now, first, one might say this is just a response to the younger son. How can this be a story all by itself? What I noticed, though, 
is that the older brother is also lost. But it's because he's stuck in place. It seems that when the younger brother left, he just carried on. Same as usual. No change in what he did, no change in how he behaved. No change in anything, really. He doesn't seem all that concerned with his younger brother, even referring to him as your son and not my brother. And we might call this a holier-than-thou moment. He's the good one. Shouldn't he be the one they're celebrating over? The one who's always followed the rules? He's the good one. Shouldn't he be the one rewarded? But what he has failed to notice is that back in the beginning of this parable, the father has divided the estate between his sons, the older getting his inheritance as well, now being shared with the father. All the resources for him to celebrate are already there. And the older son fails to see why this is such an important moment. I would say that it's because he too has underestimated his father's love. Sure, he's been there in his father's presence, and he's been there with his father. But it seems that he hasn't understood the way that his father loves both of his sons. That had he been lost, there would be the same celebration because of the fact that he would have returned home where he belonged. But it also says that he hasn't been willing to celebrate his father's love. He could have suggested it at any time that they celebrate the fact that they're together. He could have done it. It was his after all. He could have suggested they have a feast so that they too could celebrate his father's great love for him, his great love for his father. But he hasn't. He's stuck. He's waiting for his father to celebrate him for being there, for doing the usual, never thinking that he has the power himself to celebrate. And for me, this stood out. Because when I really started to think about this, it meant that though he's now jealous of his younger brother being welcomed back home, he's never celebrated the fact that he is already there with his father. He has never once suggested, Father, we should celebrate because you are with me. I found this interesting because it gives us an idea of one of the other ways that we can get lost. And you might say, this other brother isn't lost. Look, he's right there. How can we consider him to be lost when he never left? And the answer is this. He's lost because he doesn't understand what he has. He hasn't taken the time to fully appreciate all that he has and all that is there for him. He hasn't taken the time to appreciate all the good things that he has. And by taking his father's love for granted, he stopped thinking about how good things are. 
One of the ways we can look at this is to think about the things that he hasn't experienced that makes him so disappointed. He's upset because his brother went out and wasted all that he had. And he judges his younger brother and then judges his father for wanting to celebrate his return. But the older brother has never been hungry. He's always had plenty to eat. He hasn't had to worry about what he will do tomorrow. He hasn't had to worry about trying to get back into his father's good graces. He hasn't had to worry about how he's going to survive. He's never had to write up a plea that he has sinned before heaven and before his father and that he wants to come back simply as a hired hand. There has been no famine for him, no shortage of food, no shortage of anything. It seems almost that because he's with his father and his father has provided for him, he's oblivious to how good things are. And we relate this again to God's love for us. How often do we take things for granted? That when things are going well, the only thing we think about is how things could be even better. How often are we judgmental of those who have been lost? How often do we sit from a seat where we have plenty and judge those that use what little they have to celebrate when they have a cause to celebrate? I couldn't help but think that at any time, all the resources were there. The food, the family, the friendship, the older son had everything there. And he had the choice to celebrate the situation he was in with his father. That he could celebrate the fact that he was there in his father's love. He could celebrate his friends. He could do all that. But he was stuck in place, waiting for somebody else to initiate the celebration, wanting a pat on the back, for being. He wasn't willing to take the initiative. He didn't appreciate his father's love enough to celebrate it. He didn't take the time to appreciate that he was in his father's presence, that his father's love was right there for him, shown in every single day. and never thought that his father would be happy to celebrate with him. I was reminded of something else that Jesus said. Jesus was there to save the lost, not those who are already in God's presence. How do you save someone from drowning when they're sitting on dry land? What we see in the older son in this second half of the parable is that the son is lacking the same kind of love that his father has. 
In essence, we see him only paying attention to one of the two greatest commandments. In the story, it shows that he feels he loves God and that's enough. And by only living out one of the two, it's hard to say that he's actually living out either of them. When he doesn't celebrate his brother, he doesn't want to celebrate and love his neighbor as himself. And his brother is certainly his neighbor. But in doing that, he shows that he hasn't taken the time to love God, to share in the love that his father has for him would mean that he would love his brother the way that his father does. And that was a big part of why I wanted to split this parable into two. Because of his good fortune, the older son is blind to the misfortune of others and doesn't seem to care. He has always been in his father's presence. He has never thought about what it would mean to celebrate that presence as if he had missed it. Because he has always been in his father's care, he's never thought about how important that care is. Suddenly, it's about how he could have had more, and he feels left out, because suddenly it's not about him. But the reasons he feels left out is because he has excluded himself from the celebration. No one else has separated him from this joyous moment. Because if he goes in, he would be celebrated as having a lost brother returned to him. That it would become his joy. Because he hasn't been able to fully comprehend his father's love for him, he's remained stuck in place and can't comprehend his father's love for his brother. And for me, this speaks to the way that we get stuck in place in our spiritual lives. When we turn love into a routine without real feeling, when we take God's love for granted, we stop celebrating it as something monumental and great in our lives, and it becomes the usual. Then we expect God to step out and show us even more love to demonstrate that we are loved, not understanding how much we are already loved, not understanding the extent of God's love for us, always thinking we should be getting more than others. And when that happens, we stop appreciating all of the good things we've got. How great things are when we are in our Heavenly Father's presence. When God is with us, we don't have to worry. The older brother doesn't seem concerned about his father's love at all until his brother is shown the same love. And he becomes jealous of the fact that his father could love both of his sons equally. 
even after what his little brother has done. Because if we think about that celebration, it makes up for all the time that he's been away. But it's been a little celebration every day for the older brother. Every single day. The older brother becomes jealous of the fact that his father could love both his sons equally, even the one who had gone astray. And his complacency in that love has left him unable to understand the need to celebrate. So when we look at the older son, this older brother, we see that it's easy to grow complacent. thinking that because we're in God's care that we should have more and more and more. We may not celebrate the good things that we have right there with us in God's presence, not until we see God's love being shown to somebody that we judge as being unworthy. Do we suddenly feel God's love is not enough? The older brother should be thankful that he's never had to go through those hardships. Thankful that he's always had his father there with him to help him, to guide him and lead him. To show him how to work, show him how to live so that he has no wants and that his needs have all been fulfilled. It's only when he sees somebody receiving the love that he's already got that he gets upset. We have to be careful that we don't let ourselves become stuck in place in thinking of God's love as something that is just simply there. But we must actively appreciate it and celebrate it. We must actively go out and say, God is with me and it is good. So let our love always be active. That when we love God, we think about how we can celebrate God and celebrate that we are with God. That we are in Christ, that Christ's love is there for us right now. And that when we experience it, it is something wonderful that we would love to experience with others. To know that they share in that love. Not demanding more just because someone has received as much as we have so that we can always be willing to celebrate those who are lost and then found. That we don't ourselves become lost, separated from the miracle that is God's love for us, because we have begun to treat that love as something mundane and ordinary. Let us always be looking for cause to celebrate, whether it is that God has provided for us today or that God has returned the lost sheep of the fold back into our presence. Let us celebrate all aspects of God's love in our lives each and every single day. We say hallelujah for this miracle. Amen.